in our spare time out of uni, we were putting on events in uh, some of the clubs and bars in Plymouth. Also, I was doing these live art battles. It's basically you're on a stage and two people are drawing against each other. It's like a rap battle, but artwork. So yeah, I became unbeaten at that and got my name known and stuff. And then we did murals in a couple of bars and things like this. And we did a couple of live art shows where we was like selling artwork as well as doing live artwork and stuff. And so I was building up all this stuff on the side of my degree as well. So when I left, we all sort of went our separate ways, all these different artists. But straight away, I was like, right, how do I get a job in this? And I saw other people that did a bit better than me in the degree course, and they were getting accepted into studios and things like this. And I knew straight away that that wouldn't be my way. I'd have to come sort of through the underground route, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I went to the Princess Trust and I thought they'll give me the business skills that I don't have now to then turn it into a business. Are you searching for your ideal career, fed up of your daily grind, or simply want to hear some inspiring stories? Then you've come to the right place, because it's time to do a job you love. It's time to get work savvy. Welcome to another episode of the Get Work Savvy podcast, the show that aims to provide you with tips, tricks and ideas to help you find or create a way to get paid for what it is that you're passionate about. And like in this episode, we bring you a wide range of different guests who have found their ideal job whether that's working for somebody or creating their own business. And this week's no different. We bring you the story of Coz, who hasn't necessarily followed a path that you might expect, but has a wonderful story about not giving up on what it is that he's passionate about and finding his opportunity, and more importantly, taking it when it did come. So without any further delay, let's hear from Coz and what it is he does and how he found himself getting work savvy. So hi to Coz and welcome to the Get Work Savvy podcast. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, thank you. How's you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. The sun is shining, so no complaints on my end. For the listener, could you just introduce yourself and a little bit of an overview about what it is that you do? Okay, I'm Coz Kilbride. I've run a studio called Skillmatic.com. I've been doing it since 2013 now. I had help with the Princess Trust after my degree course, and it's basically illustration and design work, largely for the music industry, but I sort of chop and change between different things. So, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I, I know I've seen some of your work recently where we've connected on LinkedIn, and I must say you're, you're very talented, sir. And well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely recommend people checking out your work. But could I just ask you, and it's something I'd like to ask all of my guests is, is this kind of thing what you imagined doing when you was growing up or what did you first have the aspirations to be some people like an astronaut or a pilot what was your first kind of thought job wise of what you wanted to do well yeah straight out the gate i was basically drawing all the time when i was a little child and stuff uh, my mom couldn't stop buying me pens and things like this i was just drawing on walls and all sorts of stuff when i was a kid i thought i'd be end up being more of like a an artist if you know what i mean like paintings and more fun crazier stuff than i, I kind of do so yes it's, it's all through school i was drawing in all my school books i was always getting in trouble for it i remember a few detentions for drawing on people's tables and stuff like this <laughs> and then after leaving school i kind of got into the whole street art graffiti side of things in manchester but i found out i was absolutely useless with a spray can and I was more just being a vandal and an idiot, to be honest. <laughs> so um, after all that sort of fizzled out and I was getting sick of my usual day jobs, it, it became a proper passion and I, I really took it serious. 
But yeah, since I was a kid, it's just been something I've always done. Like in school, all my friends wanted me to draw their projects for them. If they had something where you had to produce a piece of art, I was the go-to guy and stuff like this. So yeah, it's it's just all been with me all my life, basically. Awesome. That's that's incredible and, and lovely to hear that you've followed that through and, and been able to take that kind of need to draw on anything you get your hands on yeah. into an actual career and a profession. So fantastic. Now, you mentioned you had like other jobs. Were they just kind of like Saturday jobs or did you kind of go down a different route? Yeah, well, my mum moved me to Devon when I was uh, just left school and I didn't know what to do. I went to art college briefly, but I uh, sort of failed at that miserably and, and was just messing around being a you know, young teenager. So then I saved up money in a, in a factory job and moved up to Manchester. I'm from Macclesfield originally, but I wanted to move to Manchester because it's a bit more happening in a city and stuff like this. And as soon as I got there, really, that's when I... I started falling in love with the art more, but at the same time, I was working in dead end, like factory jobs, warehouses, uh, metal working plants, had a forklift license, and it was it was hell on earth to be honest. <laughs> I mean, the money was okay, but it was just drains you, and then at the weekends you don't have time to do much and stuff. You know, I was doing shift work as well, so sometimes it was in the middle of the nights and and crazy hours and stuff, and it was just grueling. And I was working working alongside all these like big, massive like you know, old school men and stuff. And there's little me trying to <laughs> compete with these guys. And I was like, this isn't for me. More and more, I started hanging around with graffiti artists and things like this. And that sort of led to where I am now, basically. Fantastic. Yeah, I think sometimes you have to try these things, don't you? Like to oh, yeah. to, to work out that, no, I really can't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and some of these people I speak to as well, I had nothing in common with them. They were just, you know, <laughs> some of them were like very old school, like, and, and just they were, they were interested in football and reading the Sun newspaper and all that sort of thing. It's just like, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're wanting to go and like create your next piece of art and, yeah. and talking about stuff that doesn't really kind of um, no. translate, yeah. shall we say. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned kind of your mum had moved you about and then you, you got back to Manchester. Yeah. How did you get to, to university? You went like you went on the idea of, of taking your artwork further or how did that yeah work? um well it actually started i there was a period where i was actually unemployed in manchester and they were doing some free courses at a little college it was a saturday thing and i did a print course and a basic design and illustration course which was just learning the basics of illustrator and photoshop as soon as i did that i had loads of friends that were in the music scene up there as well and putting on nights and drawing bass nights and things like that so straight away they got me to to start doing their flyers I was useless, but I, I give it a go. And I started building up a portfolio. So that's when I started moving away from the graffiti more and started, oh yeah, I could do design actually. I can use this computer as the, as, the, as my tool and stuff like this. So then um, I just built from there and there. Eventually I ended up back in Devon and I got with this girlfriend who was uh, moving to Plymouth and starting a teacher training course. And she knew about all my artwork. She'd seen all my canvases and all my stuff that I'd done in Manchester. And I was also really gutted about leaving Manchester because it mm. kind of felt like I was going backwards. And I was losing like this big music scene and everything that I was part of. But it was actually the best thing to ever happen because I met this girl and, and she was like, come down to Plymouth with me and bring a portfolio and just see what they say. Uh, and I went down there and they said like straight away, there's no way you, you wouldn't get on the course sort of thing. So I was like, great. I thought I'd have to do a, you know, a, like an introduction course or something like this, but no, they get me straight on a, a BA honors basically. And the, yeah, I just, I just went through that for the next three years and absolutely loved it. <laughs> awesome. It's, it's great to hear that like kind of you, you took your interest a bit further and then you took advantage of one of those weekend courses, invested yeah. a bit of time in that. And then it's kind of taking you down that, that path. And yeah. I remember doing something similar. I, I got a job in a supermarket straight out of, 
sixth form um, yeah. after my A-levels because I didn't do too great <laughs> in that. Yeah. Realised that actually I probably wanted to do a little bit more than, than just stacking shelves. Yeah. And then went for an interview up at Lincoln to try and turn my hand to some of the more things that I was interested in. But yeah, no, great to, to hear that. And I think that would yeah. be kind of reassuring to some people who, who perhaps don't have the grades. Well, I was absolutely terrible in school. I'm lucky I got any GCSEs, to be honest. I was hardly ever there. I was I was just always in bits of trouble and stuff and getting suspended and things. But the teachers, they knew I wasn't a really naughty boy. Do you know what I mean? They, they always give me the benefit of the doubt and kept letting me back in. And they knew I was really good at art. I was actually, actually the only GCSE I was predicted an A in was art. But I actually got kicked out at the end because it was like, I think it's nine hours <laughs> in a different yeah. slot. Yeah. And I got kicked out at the end of it because... Um, just because there's some trouble basically and they're like right you're not allowed to finish it so i only got a c in it and the rest of my grades were below a c so i completely even forgotten about my all my gcse's the fact that i got onto this graphic design course was purely based off my portfolio and the fact that i'd gone off my own back and started being creative and trying to make money out of it i was like doing the odd t-shirt sale and doing these flyers in manchester and all this sort of stuff so i'd already been trying to make money off it even though it was like you know 30 quid here 20 quid it was nothing but it was I'd proven that this is what I wanted to do. And that's what they give me the, the benefit of the doubt for. And, and I got on the course. I couldn't believe it, to be honest. It was, it was like a dream. I was like, what? I'm going to do a degree. Like, all my teachers said I'd never get into uni, all this sort of stuff. They proper put me down. Uh, I'm also dyslexic as well. So that kind of helped with my uh, failing <laughs> at school, so, as it were, like English and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I got into the degree course. I was, I was loving it. I mean, I love what you said there as well about, you know, to start with, you were building that portfolio, but you were able to, yeah. to kind of turn that into a bit of income as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's really important. Like if, if you're serious about changing and doing what it is that you're passionate about in your case art, it, it is important to start realizing that you're not going to always work for free. And it, even though it's only yeah a little bit of money to start with, like it's still paying towards yeah you know, what, it, yeah. what it is that you're doing so fantastic well because I, I was with a lot of uh, music artists as well and they're all, all getting paid to MC or dj and stuff and i was like hang on i want a piece of this <laughs> i was like well if you're getting paid to dj i want money for the flyer <laughs> yeah and even some of the some of the nights i've turned up with canvases and just stood in a corner and sold canvases and artwork and stuff like this and some of them got nicked actually <laughs> so, <laughs> did my head in but um yeah no it's good fun good learning curve. awesome <laughs> entrepreneurial little kind of twist on that as well <laughs> like kind yeah, of yeah. seeing that um you want a piece of that pie as yeah, well so fantastic yeah. <laughs> you went to uni yeah. and then completed your course yeah yeah what take us through that kind of journey while we were in uni actually i set up a group called uh, well it was high grade thoughts collective basically and there was a uh, five of six of us to start with but it ended up being five and we in our spare time out of uni we were putting on events in uh, some of the clubs and bars in plymouth also i was doing this these live art battles and i became unbeaten in the city and stuff like this it's basically you're on a stage and you two people are drawing against each other it's like a rap battle but artwork awesome um, so yeah i became unbeaten at that and got my name known and stuff and then we did murals in a couple of bars and things like this and we did a couple of art like live art shows where we was like selling artwork as well as doing live artwork and stuff so that became really popular in fact there's a magazine down there called the 24 7 magazine it was quite well known in the southwest and i was on the front cover of it in i think it was september 2010 uh, that was and I graduated in 2011 so I was building up all this stuff on the side of my degree as well so when I left we all sort of went our separate ways all these different artists but straight away I was like right how do I get a job in this and I saw other people that did a bit better than me in the degree course and they were getting you know um, accepted into studios and things like this and I knew straight away that that wouldn't be my way I'd have to become sort of 
through the underground route, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I, I went to the Princess Trust and I thought they'll give me the business skills that I don't have now to then turn it into a business. So I did that for, in fact, before the Princess Trust, I did the thing called NEA through the Job Centre. It was New Enterprise Allowance. Oh, okay. You come off JSA, uh, Job Seekers, because I was on that briefly after uni, and you now get a, an allowance that at the same time you're uh, doing business trainings at the same time. So I did all that, and then eventually they take you off NEA and you, you've just got to go for it. So as soon as that finished, I went on to Princess Trust and they gave me a loan. I, I got um, a better computer, a printer and camera and things like this. And yeah, I, I got a flat. I was kind of punching above my weight at first. I've got a decent swanky flat with a studio and stuff like this. I thought, yeah, this is it. I've made it. No. <laughs> it took many years after that to build up, build it up a bit. But um, yeah, that's kind of how it started in 2013. That was the 8th of January, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> that, that date's um, yeah, going to stay with you for a long time, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's four days after my birthday as well, so I always remember. It's like, oh, yeah, it's my birthday, then it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense so yes. with the prince's trust i mean it's um, it, uh, you hear about it well i yeah. certainly have heard about it but how does that work did you just kind of tip up and and see what was available yeah well uh, funny enough another guy off that art group i was mentioning earlier high grade first he was doing it as well he wanted to be a web designer uh, so i heard he was doing it i was like how how'd you get it so he introduced me to this guy that was like one of the mentors there and yeah, you have an introduction course, I believe. And then if you do all right and they think you've got the willingness, then you get given a mentor and you go and meet them every two weeks and show what you're doing to build up a business. And you, you go on these different courses, ones for like tax, uh, ones are for like promotion and branding, um, you know, different avenues of the, of the business world. So you learn all the basics there. And then if, if you come up with a decent business plan and show that you could try and turn a profit and it's viable, basically, then you get put in front of a board. And you have to explain everything, all the ins and outs of your business and what you want to do. And you've got to really show your passion as well. Because I was a bit nervous. I can be a bit shy in front of people sometimes, which is one of my downfalls. And they went out. And at first, I thought they weren't going to give it me. And then my mentor came out and he was like, come in again and show him your passion this time. So I went back in. And I was like, no, no one can do this better than me. I like, just got a big head on me and, you know, give it some ego. And, and yeah, I was given a two grand loan, basically. And uh, yeah, the rest was history kind of thing. It was a really good experience to you're with loads of other different people doing, trying different businesses. And even within that, I started doing logos for people there, even on the course before we'd even finished. You know what I mean? But it was great. <laughs> I can certainly relate to, you know, you have that kind of, you know what you're doing, but then when you put in front of like a board of people, it can be oh, yeah, a, a yeah. bit intimidating. And these were all older business like folks from Plymouth as well that had like established, you know, million pound business wow. and stuff. And there was just like, me like, oh, wow, what am I doing? <laughs> well, awesome. Awesome that they saw something in you there and and, and your passion. Yeah, and yeah. and again, like, you know, another thing you mentioned there, you already kind of um, switching on and kind of taking the opportunities that are arising as the time, like with yeah. creating little logos for, for people. So fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic to hear. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I've got... When I first started out, though, that first sort of year or year and a half, half of my business was through other people that did the course at the same time, or mm. or even because I've got a bit of a reputation by this point, other people that then go through the course, like I say, another six months after me, they get given my contacts and stuff. So I was I was actually working for a lot of people in within the Princess Trust that were doing the same as me. So that was great, but it's, that seemed fizzled out, and then I, I I left Plymouth basically. So things kind of changed after that. Mm. How did you go into the next step then? So you got that success in Plymouth and then you, you moved away. Did you have to like start again completely or how did that work? Well, yeah, there was a bit, I was, I basically, I lost that 
posh flat that I had <laughs> with the studio and everything. And I ended up back in sort of a shared house uh, situation. Okay. And I absolutely hated it. A lot of them were still drinking a lot and just partying. And it was just a bit of a nightmare. So I decided to move back home. And by this point, I'm about 28, 27, 28. So I, was, I had to move back in with my mom and I absolutely hated it. Mm. But that really drove me to take this serious to a next step then. Um, I think at that point, I didn't even have a website. It was just purely off Instagram and Facebook and stuff like this. So then I built up a website and, and just tried to make it all a bit more professional. Then I saved up money and obviously moved out of my mom's, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, the, that was the next stage. I just had to get away from the, the younger people that I was once hanging around with. Because you know, a lot mm. of those were still from union stuff. And they'd left uni and they weren't really ambitious or anything. They were just still on that young party vibe and just messing about. And I just had grown out of it and just wanted more. Mm. So, yeah, I had to leave Plymouth, basically. <laughs> it was the best option. Yeah, that must have been difficult for yourself at the time. But I think that's also really difficult for people who, yeah. you know, you've got that sense of pride of, you know, I don't really want to go home, but like it's the best thing for you. And just get, yeah. getting your head down and, and focusing. Yeah. And, and, uh, Especially in this day and age, because rent is just yeah. so hard. There's a lot of you know, I was embarrassed at the time, but the amount of people I've spoke to that have had to do the same, even still to this day, I'm, I'm 36 now even. I was going to say 33. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, and I know some people that still have to do it at this age, you know, just purely because of mm. the rent and, and things like this, or they split with a partner and they, can't, they haven't got the deposit straight away. It's crazy yeah. how it is these days. But it was easier to get a flat when I was like 20. <laughs> yeah, now. no, it, it sure is difficult, especially like housing costs, I think, you know, it is, it is, yeah. is really, really difficult for people. And like, you know some great advice for people if if they are kind of struggling with everything it's saying it's all right to swallow yeah. your pride a little bit and do something but it won't last forever if you know what i mean like it will if you oh, work yeah. hard enough then, then you can kind of dig yourself out yeah you know i was going and you know, meeting people in like bristol or even still plymouth or exeter because i'm in exeter now and i was i was just getting the train and meeting them and i wouldn't say where i live i'd just turn up with a shirt on and everything and act all you know keep it professional and stuff but they didn't know i was going home to my mum and i'm speaking to like this <laughs> this business person <laughs> it was a bit mad but i did it and it had to be done so fantastic yeah. So your business today, then, how does that work? Is it is it mostly, so you say you're still involved in the music industry or various projects? Yeah, a lot of it is definitely music related, although I've been moving away from that in the last year, just purely because the money's better in other places, basically. With, with these people in the music industry, they tend to mess about a lot, mm. <laughs> is the best way to put it. And, and they don't stick to schedules and things like this. Although my portfolio is largely music stuff, but um, I think I've, I've managed to take the skills that I've learned and, and done with the music industry and, and applied it to other businesses now, uh, especially with logos. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, really. You can do a logo if you've got the creativity, do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and, and also my illustration style, I thought I would only be doing like album covers or mixtape covers and stuff, but now I've been doing stuff for like actual businesses. I'm doing a, a, a job at the minute for a net zero delivery company in uh, West London. Cool. And I'm doing some of the skills that I've learned from doing, you know, album covers for a billboard now in London, which, so that's how you cross, the, you know, the, the skills over basically. Well, yeah, I mean, those transferable skills, you've, you've learned your bread and butter and then you're kind of using that for, for some larger projects. Billboard, fantastic, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah. And then another thing that I've seen you post about recently was the merchandise as well. So you yeah, put in some yeah. of your artwork and, and selling that in kind of like jumpers and t-shirts and things like that. Yeah, well, I actually t partnered up with uh, another friend from uni, actually. Uh, when was this? 2015, I think it was. 2016, maybe. And we had we started a, a clothing company called Fits and Kill. I'm Kill, he was Fits. We, d we did a whole batch of t-shirts, but uh, we kind of 
had a disagreement when it came to finances and stuff. So that's kind of fizzled out and then he moved to Australia. So I thought, well, I've still got, you know, the skills. Now, I also used to do a screen printing job way back in the day up in Manchester. So that helped me know about screen printing and the processes of it. So um, I just put all this together and thought, well, I made uh, last summer, well, it was this time last year, I made a gamble and, and did that first run of, of jumpers. And they sold like hotcakes. They were ready by, I think it was October, they were ready by. And yeah, end of September, October. And yeah, I sold the first batch in a, in a, a week, basically. It was, it was amazing, 50 jumpers. And um, so, yeah, I, I wanted to do more, but obviously with the COVID thing and everything and cash flow this year, it's been a, I just didn't want to take the risk just yet, but I'm hopefully going to do that again this autumn. Absolutely incredible. And and for those listening who are keen to, to see some of that work, we are going to put um, Cos's details in the show notes. So certainly click on those and then follow his work because he is an absolute master in my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. So like, yeah, no, I really, really appreciate um, everything that you've shared so far and had a look at, at some of your previous work. It's fantastic. Yeah, I never, because I'm quite kind of new to LinkedIn, so I'm not sure what working stuff. <laughs> it seems to be going up to be honest. So. I didn't, because I'm not, a lot of my stuff is kind of you know street and underground and a bit urban and stuff i'm like and, and i always looked at linkedin as like this big professional and it's all guys yeah corporate yeah like, yeah and i've yeah. been on there especially with chris's help as well i've just realized no just be yourself and show what you you're good at and it's working so yeah fantastic yeah i think everyone thinks that like it's a stuffy business platform that people put their cv on yeah but i think yeah. it's, it has changed recently and more kind of people just sharing various things. I think there's a lot more personal life shared on it now. Yeah. And I think it's a great yeah. opportunity for somebody like yourself. Yeah. I wish I'd done it sooner, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you transition into kind of creating more logos for, for companies and things like exactly. that. So if, if somebody was interested in working with you, how does it work? Do you have like a brief that you need to follow or do you get given quite a lot of creative license? How does that work? Cause completely varies from client to client, to be honest. Some people just want you to do your thing and other people have a, you know, very strict brief that you want to stick to. And, um, and I, I like both ways, to be honest, sometimes I think it's better with logos and branding that the client has as much information as possible, especially with the, to do with their business and what they're trying to get out of it, basically. But on the illustration side, I, I do like a bit more creative license to just do my thing because otherwise you get there's too many boundaries and you can't really explore how creative you can get with it mm. so it's kind of a mix-up it's hard to it's hard to say really it changes from job to job yeah yeah it, there's i suppose like with with various products the, the billboard i'm sure they've got a few more kind of things that they've already got in mind with that one in particular like they have a logo and they have a strap line and the rest they kind of give it to me really um wow they, I, I did a drawing over it was going to be a stay safe piece for the like you know help the nhs over the covid thing and i did this sketch and i put it up on instagram it just went crazy and i was going to ink that up and sell it as a t-shirt originally but then this these guys with the billboard came in and they were like oh can we use that style but we want it on a billboard i was like right so i scrapped my personal one i'm gonna get bigger for this <laughs> one so so i just so it's something i'm a drawing style that i really like anyway so it's it's just perfect really it's really fantastic so if somebody's listening and they're thinking you know this is this i can relate to cars this is exactly what i want to do yeah and they're perhaps at the, the very beginning of their journey or, or they've gone down a different route and they, they want to switch careers yeah. what kind of advice do you have for them i mean is there a particular skill set or, or what kind of tips and advice might you offer those kind of people um, it's hard to say really i mean you've got to have the passion for it for sure skill set i mean i've seen artists and designers specifically like it doesn't really matter well, it does matter you have to have, be creative and, and have a knife for detail and stuff like this but whereas 
see, I'm an illustrator firstly, and I've been doing that all my life, like I said earlier, whereas some designers can't draw at all, mm-hmm. but they've got a good eye for stuff, that whether they come up with a concept and get someone else to do it up, or that, you know, if they've got that vision, you can still do it. I know all sorts of different skill levels of people that are in this game, and I think if you really want to do it just go for it there's no even my degree i don't rely on my degree now i don't hardly ever tell anyone my de- like what i got or anything it's just it was that was three years to just practice do you know what i mean yeah so I, i'd just say just go for it whichever way you think's best for you to be honest i think that's some, some brilliant advice and i think that a lot of times people are perhaps and i've been guilty about this in the past like people think there's a certain path that i need to follow yeah yeah and and I think from like your experience and the experience of others that have shared, a, a good university friend of mine, um, Rich, who we've had on the podcast before, uh, Paperboyo is called. But basically, he he cuts out paper illustrations, oh, oh no. and then he holds them over a camera, takes a picture of some scenery, has been able to build a business based on on him doing that. So I think that like if you've got that kind of eye and that thought process of creating something interesting and something that stands out, then then there's massive potential, isn't there? That's it, yeah. I mean, like, even some of the big, big artists, who's that guy that chops up uh, sharks and stuff? He doesn't even do any of that work. He just designs it, and then there's a whole <laughs> team of people that make the actual artwork. Yeah. So you don't need to be skilled, really. I mean, you've got to, but you've got to have a passion for it. That's mm. the key, I think. Uh, you've got to really want somebody to look good, because that's what the clients want, essentially. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's the main thing, passion. Absolutely. Would it, would it also be fair to say promotion as well? Because, oh yes, you know, you you could you could like create the most amazing artwork for just you but unless you get out there and share it then it will be yeah, difficult yeah um yeah you've got to get the online obviously um i mean uh, yeah i mean need to linkedin but instagram I've, I've kind of slacked on that a little bit at the minute but uh, my facebook page has got a pretty good reach and i'm i hardly share any of my own work on there at the minute it's just other people's stuff and memes and silly stuff but it's all related back to my values as a as a business it's, it's like a bit cheeky it's a bit underground it's a bit raw but and it's all related to music or artwork so you, as long as you keep it within brand and you keep sharing stuff speak to other people in the game and stuff like this you, you'll be onto a winner basically fantastic thinking about your journey and you know you've had some tricky moments what would you say your biggest challenge to making like getting work savvy and, and being able to do what it is that you're passionate about what would you could you point to one of those things being the biggest challenge for you for me personally um finances was was one because i wasn't that great with money when i was younger and stuff and you need backup money you need to be able to go up to a month or two and not have any money come in you know you need to make sure you've got some sort of stability there so that's a big one and also like i said earlier i'm dyslexic get things in place that will help you with that like i think was it we were speaking the other day i've got grammarly on mine um yeah so that is a downfall of mine. So I read a lot and, and I try to keep up and get my vocabulary better and stuff like that, you know, because mm. it's one of my weaknesses. So focus on your weaknesses and, and make them stronger, basically. And then because if you've already got skill sets in one place, but this is weaker, then you make your weak points better then you, you come in with a whole package. Then, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> I certainly rely on things like Grammarly and, and like a... Yeah like transcription and stuff like that because uh because i yeah. too i'm not um not skilled in the arts of spelling punctuation and grammar <laughs> yeah it's a pretty one. great advice there about finances as well like kind of making sure that you're putting money away for a rainy day and, yeah. and you might have those lower moments something i've had previously was don't ride the roller coaster don't get too high when it's high but don't get too low oh yeah high. i've done that loads of times i think oh yeah you know i'm really making it like the amount of times i've done a really big job 
and I think this is it. I've made it. You know, it's a few grand job and all this. I'm, I'm like set now. A couple more of these, I'm done for. Yeah, no, it is. It literally always comes back down, and you need to prepare for those times because it. Because when you're down and then there's no money, you're really down. <laughs> you're mm. down emotionally. You're down. You're depressed. You, you know, you don't know what to do. You can't feed yourself. You're starving. It's, it's no good. I've been there. So yeah, always keep you know keep an eye on that money basically <laughs> absolute um sound advice there um so thinking about where you've got to today you're super happy yeah. with with your business and you've you've had that level of success which is awesome yeah. would you do anything differently if you could go back and like whisper something to, into your ear give yourself a nudge to do something slightly differently yeah i wouldn't have uh, messed around as much <laughs> Even even going back to school times, I, was, I like wish I didn't. Even in university, we we still like partied a bit too much, maybe and stuff like that. I wish I'd uh, spent a bit more time learning the craft instead of. I mean, I was I was learning nonstop, but I could have learned more. I could have mm. done it better. I could have been a bit more professional at that age. That's probably the, the the main thing. But you know, it all worked out in the end. So, but I think I would have been a few more years ahead of myself by by this point if I'd have taken care of that earlier on. But I, I, you know, I was still kind of young and stupid. So, yeah, <laughs> I think it's easy to to have that as Captain Hindsight. But um, yeah, but yeah, like looking back on it, if if anyone's just about to go through that, um, that's something that I I concur really. Like just just have take as many opportunities as you can and and learn as much as you can to to try and help you progress that yeah. a bit a little bit further as fun as the the various parties that are going to come up <laughs> might be um still have a good time but just uh just have that in, in check and in balance so fantastic oh yeah it'll be better to party when you've got loads of money there yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely when you're perhaps in your tougher moments and and you know you're kind of having those difficult conversations with yourself about where it's all going and and your journey and things was there anything that you kind of referred to, whether it be a quote or whether it be a book or a podcast or some kind of resource that helped you get through those tougher moments? Oh, that's put me on the spot. I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I guess one thing that I've been a sucker for in the past is you take people's like rejection too personally. Um, say if you've not created something to, that you thought was amazing, they don't think it's that great and you take it personally or someone's paying you late. It feels like almost disrespect and they're not respecting you as the, as, as the service you've provided in. And it's rubbish. It's business. It's, you know, you've just got to ignore that, get past your emotions and just crack on basically and, and, and deal with it professionally. <laughs> mm. That's probably one of the better things that I, I could suggest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think that's right. Like sometimes it's not you, <laughs> it's just the situation, yeah. whether it be a late payment or a bit of feedback yeah. and yeah, no, absolutely sound advice yeah. cause. I think that's um yeah I, I certainly need to cool. take that on board a bit <laughs> sometimes as well. oh yeah i know just rounding things up for the podcast really thank you so much for being on on this episode right. it's been fascinating hearing and learning about what it is that you do we've already kind of given loads of advice but if you could offer one message to everybody who's trying to do something like following their passion and getting work savvy what would that message be to to share with people go for it <laughs> just do it absolutely love it <laughs> Awesome. And then just on a finishing note, um, where can people find you? What, what's your, your website details, your social media profiles? And then we'll link those in the show notes as well. Okay. Well, on most of the social medias, it's uh, Skillmatic, S-K-I-L-L-M-A-T-I-K. Then my website is skillmatic.com. I'm Mr. Skillmatic on uh, 
Instagram and, and Facebook. I think you can type in Skillmatic on LinkedIn as well. But yeah, that got it locked off with that. I made sure I had that covered everywhere. <laughs> got the monopoly. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. So certainly go and check Coz's fine work out. And um, thanks so much for appearing on the episode. And we hope to speak to you soon, Coz. No worries. Thank you very much. So thanks once again to Coz for sharing what it is that he does and how it is that he got there. It's a really fascinating story. I love talking to him about it and I hope that you love listening to it. As I said, the links to where you can find Coz are going to be in the show notes. So certainly check out his work because he's absolutely mastered what it is that he's doing and fantastic that he's taking that step into creating billboards and other exciting projects. As we normally do at the end of each interview, just wanted to talk about a couple of key takeaways that I took from this. And equally, I'd love to hear what you think as well. For me, the main thing that Coz spoke about was taking those opportunities when he found them. It wasn't necessarily the most straightforward path and the one that you'd expect for somebody becoming a graphic designer or using his artistic skills to bring work to life. He built up a portfolio of work, which is an excellent idea, especially if you don't have the, the grades or, or experiences quite often is asked for when you're going for job interviews and people are inquiring to work with you. He found his opportunity in music events and he didn't just settle for creating the flyers, but he also started that entrepreneurial stand at the side where he's selling his prints, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Further on to that, he took a chance and took his portfolio into university where he was offered a spot and rightly so. And then later on, found some other opportunities with the Prince's Trust. And again, I'm going to link that in the show notes because I think that's a wonderful idea that could be a viable option for you if you're considering starting up your own business. Now, Cos also mentioned about sometimes how things didn't quite work out and how he had to start again or had to reevaluate his path and change his fate and I think that's really important because of the example there of having to move back in with his mum I know I certainly had exactly the same experience when leaving university and not really knowing what my path was but I think it's a very wise idea to help you cut your costs and really figure out what it is that you want to do before you get tied into contracts and bills and things where you become more dependable and that will require you spending more time in a job that you don't want to do. And just to echo what Cos said at the end there, believe in yourself and do it. Just get on and do it. Just find a way, whatever it is that you want to do. If you like this episode, I'd love for you to share it with anyone who you think would find it valuable. And equally, don't forget to give us a rating and review in the Apple Podcasts or Podcast Store of Choice because it really does help the show. Until next week, take care, stay safe, and find your way to getting work savvy.